One of the best ways to support the FTF podcast is to check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, interviews, and plenty more. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast, where we produce and develop the highest quality gaming research in podcast form. I am your host, Alex Kendall. And I am your host, Derek Baker. And today, we're talking about one of the better, one of the fun indie titles that came out the late 2010s, published by Annapurna Interactive, one of the kind of greater publishers out there of these indie games. We're going to be talking about Outer Wilds. Yeah, man, a really just a, a fun game. This has a really nice aesthetic as well. And I think it fits into sort of a, we're developing a little bit of a theme here, I think, with the bonus episodes with these nice, cool, like smaller projects that have that very unique aesthetic that obviously doesn't fit in with the triple A, you know, these beautiful, gorgeous scenes or anything like that, but they all have their own little charms that mm-hmm. make them really interesting plays. Absolutely. So let's just get right into it. Outer Wilds is a 2019 action-adventure game developed by Mobius Digital and published by Annapurna Interactive. It was first released for Windows, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4 before releasing for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series XS in 2022. A Nintendo Switch version is also under development. The game features the player character exploring a solar system stuck in a 22-minute time loop that ends with the sun going supernova. The player progresses through Outer Wilds by exploring the solar system and learning clues to the cause of the time loop. Outer Wilds received critical acclaim and several Game of the Year awards, including at the 16th British Academy Game Awards. The game received an expansion, Echoes of the Eye in 2021. And let's talk just real briefly about the studio. Mobius Digital is an independent game studio based in downtown Los Angeles, California. At Mobius, they make unique and creative games to challenge their audience. Their roots are in the games program at USC, where 2015 Independent Games Festival recipient of the Seamus McNally Grand Prize and Excellence in Design Outer Wilds and 2014's Excellence in Narrative nominee, Paralect, were developed. And so on that development, Outer Wilds began as Alex Beecham's USC Interactive Media and Games Division Master's Thesis and grew into a full production commercial release. He started the project in late 2012 for his year-long thesis and advanced game project assignment. Beecham had previously made a three-dimensional platformer out of Lego bricks as a kid and was uninterested in a career in games until applying to the interactive media program. Beecham's original ideas were to recreate the Apollo 13 and 2001 A Space Odyssey, Spirit of Space Exploration, in an uncontrollable environment, and to make an objectiveless open-world game where exploration would satiate the player's questions without feeling aimless. Beecham took cues from The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker's non-player characters that would tell tales of distant lands as to entice the player to explore those areas for themselves. The game heavily employs a camping motif, reflecting Beecham's personal interest in backpacking while also emphasizing that the player character is far from their home and alone in this galaxy. 
While journalists have compared Outer Wilds' time loop mechanics to that of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Beecham notes that these mechanics are used in Outer Wilds primarily to allow the creation of large-scale dynamic systems as opposed to playing around with causality as in Majora's Mask. The original development team members were University of Southern California, Laguna College of Art and Design, and Atlantic University College students. Beecham's team started by working with paper prototypes and a tabletop role-playing session to brainstorm a narrative. The team built the game in the Unity 3D game engine. They later wrote the game as a text adventure in processing. After Beecham's graduation, the project hired members full-time to work towards a commercial release, with Beecham as creative director. Japanese actor Masi Oka, who has had previous experience as a programmer and founded Mobius Digital to develop mobile games, had seen the demo of Outer Wilds during a demo day for the USC Interactive Media and Games Group. Oka saw the opportunity to expand his team and hired the entire team behind the game into his studio to help bring the title to development. The game became the first title to be supported on the new video game-centric crowdfunding site FIG, launched in August 2015. An alpha release version of the game was made available for free on the developer site in that same year. In March 2018, Mobius announced it had received funding support from publisher Annapurna Interactive, which bought out the investment and rights from FIG, and that it was planned for release in 2018. Mobius later announced plans in June of 2018 to also release the game for the Xbox One. In December of that year, it was announced that the game's release would be delayed until 2019, and in exchange for additional financial support, Mobius announced that the game's initial release on PC users would be a timed exclusive on the Epic Games Store. As it was originally announced that FIG backers would have received redemption keys on Steam for the game, some backers complained about the change. Linux users noted that as the Epic Game Store does not have a Linux-compatible front end, the change left them without any option. Outer Wilds was released on PC on May 28, 2019, and for Xbox One a day later. A PlayStation 4 version was released on October 15, 2019, with a Steam release on June 18, 2020. A PlayStation 4 retail version was released by Limited Run Games in 2020 and a Nintendo Switch port was originally set for mid-2021 before being delayed. An expansion, Echoes of the Eye, was released on September 28th of 2021. Performance update patches were released for the Xbox Series X and S and PS5 versions on September 15th, 2022. As far as the gameplay goes, Outer Wilds features an unnamed player character exploring a solar system that is stuck in a time loop going back 22 minutes before its star goes supernova. Thus, the player is encouraged to learn why by exploring and uncovering secrets of an extinct alien race known as the Nomai, who previously colonized the solar system hundreds of thousands of years ago. In the first part of the game, the player links with an ancient Nomai statue, which ensures that the player retains information discovered in each time loop when it restarts. For example, in order to use the ship, the player must get the launch codes from colleagues at the local observatory. These codes, and the knowledge of them, are the same across subsequent loops, allowing the player to immediately launch the ship without first visiting the observatory. The central premise of the game is exploration, 
with the player compelled to uncover the remains of the Nomai civilization to find the cause of the time loop and complete the game. All areas of the game are technically immediately accessible to the player upon acquiring the ship launch codes. However, many areas are protected by logic puzzles, which can often only be solved through learning more of the Nomai and speaking to fellow space explorers. Some events and locations change during the course of the time loop, which means that areas and puzzles are often only accessible at certain times. One example is the paired Ash Twin and Ember Twin planets orbiting so close to each other that sand from Ash Twin is funneled over to cover Ember Twin during the loop. This process gradually reveals the secrets buried on Ash Twin while simultaneously making the Ember Twin cave system inaccessible later on in the time loop. The player character has health, fuel, and oxygen meters, which are replenished when the character returns to the ship or by finding trees or refills. The player has several tools, including a camera probe, which can be launched long distances, and a signal scope for locating broadcast signals. There are no equipment upgrades during the game. After each death, whether the cause is the sun going supernova or through misadventure, for example drowning, falling, or exposure to space vacuum, the player responds and awakens back on their home planet at the start of the time loop. And as far as the story goes, the player takes the role of an unnamed space explorer preparing for their first solo flight. After being involuntarily paired with a statue on their home planet made by the Nomai, an ancient mysterious race that had once colonized the system, the player discovers they are trapped in a time loop. As we had said, every time loop resets over 22 minutes, or if the player character dies otherwise. The player learns that the Nomai were obsessed with finding the Eye of the Universe, a massive anomaly using macroscopic quantum mechanics that is older than the universe itself. Curious to find out what was held within the eye, but having lost its signal, the Nomai built an orbital cannon to launch probes to visually find the eye. The chance of visually finding the object with a random shot into space was infinitesimally small, so they also developed a device, the Ash Twin Project, to send the results of the probe scan 22 minutes back in time, so that the cannon could be reused an infinite number of times. The amount of power required to go back in time was so high that the only viable way of obtaining it would be from a supernova, so they attempted to artificially induce the sun to explode, but were unsuccessful. The Nomai were wiped out by an extinction-level event after completing construction of these projects, but before setting the time loop process into motion. The system is now operating because the sun has naturally reached the end of its life cycle. The resulting supernova feeds power into the Ash Twin project, conveying the player's memories back in time to their previous self and resetting the cannon for another scan. Armed with this knowledge, the player is eventually able to recover the coordinates of the eye and input them into a derelict Nomai interstellar vessel, warping to the eye's location. They discover that their star is not the only one going supernova. All the stars in the sky have reached the end of their lifespans, and the universe is about to end. Upon entering the eye, the player encounters quantum versions of the various characters they had befriended their travels, and working together, they create a Big Bang, giving rise to a new universe. The ending shows a similar solar system with new life forms 14.3 billion years after its creation. 
And then, of course, the aforementioned Echoes of the Eye expansion adds a new exhibit to the observatory at the beginning of the game, which shows off the deep space satellite used to generate the player's solar system map. The player soon discovers an object that eclipses the sun, a planet-sized rotating ship hidden within a cloaking field. Within the ship called The Stranger, the player finds theaters and heavily damaged slide reels that tell the story of the stranger's inhabitants, an extinct race of owl and elk-like creatures. Similar to the Nomai, the inhabitants of the stranger also came to the solar system after discovering the Eye of the Universe's signals, but gave up their quest after seeing that the Eye would destroy the universe and everything in it. After destroying their monuments to the Eye and constructing a device in order to block its signal from other extraterrestrial races, the inhabitants began to regret destroying their homeworld, which they stripped barren in order to build the stranger. The inhabitants eventually created artifacts and areas where they could sleep in order to enter a virtual reality of their homeworld. The player learns how to enter the simulation via the use of artifacts and discovers the active consciousness of the inhabitants who are hostile to the player. The player eventually finds archives with more detailed reels of the history of the stranger's inhabitants as well as a vault secured by three seals. Using information about glitches within the simulation learned from the archives, the player is eventually able to unlock the vault's three seals and open it, discovering a friendly inhabitant called the Prisoner. Communicating with the player via a telepathic projection staff, the Prisoner transmits a memory where they temporarily disabled the signal blocker surrounding the eye, causing the other inhabitants to force the Prisoner within the vault before returning to the simulation and dying in the physical world. The player then uses the staff to explain to the prisoner how their actions eventually led to the Nomai to discover the signal of the eye and enter the solar system, setting the events of the game in motion. After learning that their actions were not in vain, the prisoner exits the vault and leaves behind their staff, showing a vision of the prisoner and player together on a raft, venturing along a river into the sunrise. If the player chooses to travel to the Eye of the Universe after having met with the Prisoner, they find a quantum version of the Prisoner who works the player to create the new universe. Outer Wilds received generally favorable reviews, according to Metacritic. At the 2015 Game Developers Conference-sponsored Independent Games Festival, Outer Wilds won in the Seamus McNally Grand Prize in Excellence in Design categories. It was an honorable mention in the Excellence in Narrative and Nuovo Award categories. The game was listed as one of the best games of 2019 by several publications, and Edge, Polygon, and Paste also featured it on their best games of the decade lists. Polygon's Colin Campbell praised the overall narrative and the game's meta puzzles. Brendan Caldwell, writing for Rock, Paper, Shotgun, enjoyed the environmental exploration and the game's writing, but criticized that running out of time during some puzzles felt like an interruption. Destructoid's Josh Tolentino appreciated the open-ended nature of Outer Wild's world and how it let the player make discoveries. And I think that's really one of the biggest things that has earned it a lot of those Game of the Years, has kept this coming back, has stayed in that Annapurna category and catalog, is that idea of making discoveries. And, you know, having this time limit, so you do feel a little rushed slightly at times, but that Groundhog Day effect of hey, I've learned that information, it's already in my brain, we don't have to repeat it again, it's already done. Like, especially just kind of in the, you know, quote-unquote tutorial of it, of like, 
going to the observatory, getting the codes to launch your spaceship. Whereas like on your day two, you can just go. Right. And I think that having that time limit is necessary to the overall, I think, challenge of the game, because without that aspect involved, I think that this game could end up being relatively boring. And that is really the wrinkle in it that makes this game super interesting beyond the narrative, beyond all this stuff, being stuck in this sort of loop and, and having to play a game in a non-linear fashion, you know, we get plenty of games that are developed as these open-ended, you can go where you want to go, you can do what you want to do, you can go in any order you want to do it. And, you know, mm-hmm. we we mentioned Legend of Zelda, as we often do, as being, a, I think, an influence of that. But there are oftentimes these extreme limitations that happen within that stuff to where it doesn't necessarily work in the way that it's advertised, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you really yeah. want to go in Breath of the Wild, go to Hyrule Castle and fight, you can do that, right? You can do that right away. You can do that naked. Plenty of speedrunners do that. And they do it mm-hmm. without getting hit, and they're amazing, right? But that's definitely not the way that the game is built. It's definitely not the intention behind the game, even though it is an option for you. Whereas this one, I think, does a really nice job of leaving everything pretty open-ended. And then it does throw you for a little bit of the loop where it has those, you know, those certain aspects of the solar system that are sort of changing throughout that you do have to, you know, be particular about when you decide to visit them. So there are, I think, just a lot more options within this, a lot more freeform And I think that that leads to good replayability as well as that additional challenge Mm -hmm. and understanding of, hey, I need to make sure that I'm doing this stuff in an open-ended fashion, but definitely in an order that is most beneficial to me. Yeah, and and this game kind of reminds me of an updated Myst in a way. So you're taking this really beautiful puzzle-style game. Instead of exploring, you know, a land of it, you're exploring many lands, many different these like space travels and planets and other stuff like that. And be able to tell a story through it that in and of itself is the story of your no-name player character, but also of like the Nomai. And then as you get into the expansion, like more of these other people even came before that. And such a cool kind of, you know, fictional his- history build that you're kind of like an archaeologist in a way of discovering these things as you explore and, and why is this happening. And I love this sci-fi element of like, hey, we built this thing so we could find the eye. We need a supernova. We couldn't do that. But guess what? This stuff's been here the whole time. So now that it is supernovaing, it did activate to do the canon. And I, and I love that idea, like this just coincidental purpose of your character that you have that's just baked into hundreds of thousands of years ago. It just so happens to be today. Yeah. And there are a lot of games that are grand in scale like that, that try to convince you like, hey, mm-hmm. this has all really been leading up to you as a person, as an individual, and your existence. And now you need to fulfill these things. But I think that Outer Wilds just does a better job. I think that there are a lot of games that could learn from this style of storytelling and doing those puzzles and having them sort of help you connect the dots on a real world level, you know what I mean? Like you, the the player, mm-hmm. know information that you didn't know 
previously. Whereas in a lot of games, like you complete a puzzle and that part is just done forever. It's not really like a link into the next puzzle. It's just you solved the puzzle, you got the item you needed, and now you're moving on. It's out of your brain. But I find games that have that sort of real world link where sometimes, you know, you got to like actually set the controller down for a second and really think about something. I find those games really interesting. Heavenly Bodies is an example of that, where mm-hmm. you're playing as a, an astronaut that has to repair these certain systems, and you get a blueprint that you can reference within the, uh, the game itself, but you're not going to be playing the game as the character with that blueprint on you, and it's not like doing that video game thing where the blueprint then tells you like it it makes an arrow appear on the screen or something like hey go here now that you read it it's like you have to actually stop look at a blueprint figure out what it means put it down go and do the thing you know and i i think that outer wilds has that similar feel where it's you do the puzzle you figure out the information and more of the backstory and use that to your advantage and i think that's that's so much of what and i want to transition just a little bit to talk about Annapurna, Annapurna, and their games that have really, we talked about this a little bit before uh, we started recording, it's kind of like the A24 of the gaming universe. It's taking on those indie titles that are these like smash hits that kind of come out of left field for a lot. One example that you and I jammed out to is Sayonara Wild Hearts. Oh yeah, baby. This is a vinyl that I need just for that theme. Yes. 100%. 100%. So it's like you have games like that. You have games like Kentucky Route Zero. You have the republishing of Journey, of Florence, of Donut County, of Gone Home, and like even some newer titles that came out within the last couple of years of like Last Stop, Artful Escape, 12 Minutes, which is another Groundhog Day style game of going back in time to figure out what's truly happened. Um, it, they did it's, Stray it's as well, right? I don't know stray, if you referenced that one. Yep. Yeah, so Stray, Neon White, and a lot more coming out. And so, yeah, they, they took on this niche that wasn't Microsoft gobbling up them or these other indie devs to publish through them or to publish through Sony or just through Nintendo specifically for that. But they've taken on and, and created this beautiful conglomerate that has allowed these indie titles to shine and to really make that money and, and make these publishers get these rights to these games and be able to sell these games. And they've done such a great way of packaging these as well um they have because a lot of uh Annapurna games came out for the playstation especially playstation 4 they have like combo packs of all of their published games you can buy along with their soundtracks they do a lot of extra stuff like soundtracks on vinyl on different pressings to really get these games to go far and wide and be so much more than they would be by themselves yeah, and, and there's a little bit of a, a nice offbeat, um, like I think that indie feel is, is definitely a good description for it because we see plenty of things that have all the corresponding media, right? Like get the soundtrack, mm-hmm. get, the, get the book, get the comic book or whatever. But there is a certain aesthetic and art style and just like a, a I don't want to call it like an intentionally limited availability, but just like a smaller scale to all these things that I think sort of leave them in this nice niche charm world that you're Mm -hmm. right. It it is difficult when you have the Microsoft's 
and the Sony's buying up all these different studios, like as things like that happen, there's going to be a, I think, more of a marketing softness added into the entire project just from top down, you know? Think about Disney and all the enterprises that they've bought. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, those things existed. They have their own worlds that already have a lot of lore in them, but there's sort of like this Disneyfication to everything that they touch, where they have marketed and calculated, like, how do we make things as profitable as possible? And when you do things like that, I, I think that there's less risk involved and that leads to more generic games and and having a studio like Annapurna I think that you're absolutely right it's so important to have studios like this and it really is so great there are a ton of these games on um the PS plus subscription you know if if you're mm-hmm. a member of that um just the the levels that are a little higher than the base subscription you know, like what remains of Edith Finch is downloaded to my console right now. It's one I'm looking forward to getting into. But there are tons and tons of these games. I, I mean, I played Stray that way. So really accessible in that regard, not limited in that regard. And then if you're a fan enough, they're doing the the extra things too to keep people interested, yeah. like those vinyl sets. And and just I think overall just putting care into the projects. That's a hundred percent it because we've talked about hundreds of different publishers throughout the years from early onset days to now, and to have a publisher to also go so diverse, they're not just targeting specifically puzzle games or action adventure games. You have neon white, which is specifically like a speed runner style shooter game that can build into some of the story stuff. And then you have some of the like quirky ones that are kind of built more for the switch, the lost wild, which is more of a dinosaur game some other puzzle games, but then also storytelling. That is one of their biggest things is how do we do storytelling from a very grandiose scale to like a very, very small but cute scale like in Wadham, which is more of like a puzzly fit the stuff into like the object style game. And it's, it's so cool to see that blend of it and to kind of get a little bit of anything you'd want from them. And I think that if there is a theme within these games, it's like a little bit of an unraveling of a mystery, right? And so mm-hmm. if there's any sort of genre I think that you could maybe put most of these games into, it's it's sort of a mystery style uncovering. Um, so, you know, yeah. that's something that interests you, listener, video game player, I assume. I mean, definitely check these games out because they're... I think that more important than anything, the the message there is supporting these studios by playing the games, downloading the games, um, even in, in a small fashion, I think helps to keep studios like this alive. You know, when you're buying those AAA games, sure, like a lot of times we are drawn to those for their grand scale and they fit, you know, a, a broad playability and and a, mm-hmm. a broad interest where there's a lot more people but if you're looking for that like cozier experience that you and I have referenced a lot i think about games like this and and you know there are plenty of studios like Annapurna that want to i think make these more personal projects succeed and it's really cool yeah. to think about a video game just going from being someone's college project to being 
a real marketable product that ended up getting a lot of people hired on um, as professional game developers. That's absolutely it. So yeah, as, as we continue to kind of build our repertoire of some more of these episodes that we're churning out, if there's any Annapurna style games or anything else that you want us to cover with that, like I'd love to do more of a deep dive into these. They're just so unique, so fun, and really would love to, di- to really dive deep further into these. Absolutely. This has been fun, guys. Looking forward to talking to you guys some more next time. Absolutely.